0: Shut
1: up and sit down. Wicky Wicky Wow! Oh, yeah, now you do it. (laughs) Of course. If I don't do it, you're going to do it? (laughs) Well, someone
2: has to do it. It is the seventh episode of the New Utah Utah (laughs) Podcast after all. (laughs) I give up on talking. Uh, This is a bad uh, episode to give up on talking. But uh, here we are. Lucky number seven. seven. Uh, Seventh episode. Seven is our lucky number. I think we should have a party. We got to number seven. We probably by this point have at least as many listeners as we do
1: episodes. The critics said we'd never make it. And here we are. And you know how many whiskey sours right. I've had? None. None. You've had a lot of Moscow mules. I've had a lot of Moscow mules. Are you are you done with this, by the way? So, you know, in college, maybe those of
2: you that haven't got to college yet, if you're listening, you know, you kind of poor. And one of the snacks that you uh, enjoy is a packet of ramen crushed up dry with the flavor packets sprinkled all over it. This is what Josh just ate. This is the first time I've ever will. seen that. I are you just serious? Think, yeah, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: It is. I did it in elementary school. I so, lived
3: on that shit. Here's oh, the
1: secret. Shit. That little meal I just had was 24 cents. And, I and can,
3: a million calories.
1: 10,000 calories. Not no, as I'm many, not many calories. A lot of <laughs> sodium. <laughs> 900
0: grams of yeah, sodium. More sodium than you probably need in a month, honestly. Yeah, and it feels good. Speaking of which, who are we talking to and who are we talking with? Well, this is the New Utah Jeremy, Podcast. This you're is a uh, that, Jeremy. for those of you that are joining us for the first episode. Hopefully, uh, joining
2: us, um, we are a podcast all about Utah. We uh, talk about all things Utah: what's crazy, what's funny, what's serious, sometimes sad, and then we let Jeremy and Josh and Jessica talk as well.
0: And <laughs> 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 so, Jeremy. Why don't you introduce yes. yourself? I am Jeremy, Utah transplant, small business owner. Happy to be here. This crazy state and all the
1: weird things. Handsome, that happen. handsome dude. Oh, thank you. With a salt and pepper beard, he is a good-looking man.
2: <laughs> he has the ugliest rooster you'll ever see in your life, and the and a wiener dog that likes to eat chickens. It's amazing. Welcome to Utah. <laughs> Welcome to Utah. Ah, <laughs> uh, suburban Utah life. We also have with us Joshua
1: Butterfield. Who uh, has neighbors that had chickens for some point of time. I had a family next door to us that had like a hundred chickens. A hundred chickens. And I'm it's not, not exaggerating that much. It was probably like 50. Okay, that sounds like a pretty significant... Anyway, and they just used to crawl into our yard. And my dogs were like, really? Chickens? And so they used to eat them. And it was bad for everyone. Because that's what you do. Because that's what you do when you're, you're a dog, dog. And there's a chicken. You eat
2: the damn chicken. My neighbors had chickens for a long time, and they would get in our yard, and our pit bull would just
1: follow them around trying to smell them. Leah is the kindest and gentlest soul I've ever seen in a dog. Well, thank you. Mr. Pickles, on the other hand, is is a ruthless bitch. (laughs) And he will eat that shit the second it comes across that county line. Same with... Evo So for those of you that don't know uh, Jeremy
2: is an entrepreneur here in in the state of Utah He owns his own business He's a published author Uh, Josh is a uh, game designer And comic book creator along with Jeremy He has successfully kickstarted many things And he's uh, an all around goofball and uh, Jessica <laughs> and then I'm, Jess. just,
3: I'm just me I'm just along for the just ride <laughs> She doesn't give herself enough
2: credit The sane one in the group She
3: is extremely involved
2: in the community uh, At large She she's our events mistress for a reason
1: She is so organized She shows up to every podcast With printouts for everyone And she makes sure that we know The shit we're going to talk about And I for one am deeply impressed With Jessica's per- participation I cannot call her eco-friendly though
3: Sorry about
2: it. That's okay. It, the paper works. I mean, it, it's nice to do it on a computer and see it on a screen, but It's really old the,
3: school, the, and it works. The
2: paper's nice. You can make notes, you can mm. jot things down, organize. And so. also,
3: the darvish designated driver for these silly boys. For these, let's,
2: let's just call us Yahoos.
3: It's no. called Josh
2: or Yahoo. Seven drinks later.
1: <laughs> Do
3: you just smell your hand?
1: It smells like both ramen noodles and Lime a delicious Moscow ramen? Mule. It vodka. is ramen noodles and vodka. Ramen noodles and vodka is such a good smell. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm worried as my taste.
3: daughter is going to start college here in the next forty some odd days that she's going to be eating dry ramen noodles and
2: oh, it will happen. <laughs> it <laughs> will not will too happen. much vodka.
3: Okay.
2: It will. Forty-two happen. days. In 42 uh, days. And my name's Chris, your uh, wonderful podcast host and pod administrator. Uh, mm-hmm. I love Utah dearly. Uh, I wouldn't dream of living anywhere else. Um,
1: and he, he, he kind of keeps this entire show on the road. And I don't know how he reigns us rapscallions <laughs> in.
3: Rapscallions.
1: You just ignore the P and S? Really? It's silent. Silent. It's silent? Okay. Just, this we, has been vocabulary brought to you by Jessica and Josh. Well, I will say, having gone to Britain, they do not say Renaissance, they say Renaissance. Yeah, they speak English, not American. Well, what is Renaissance? Aluminium. Aluminium. And instead of Z, the letter Z, it's Z. Z. Yep, what the fuck, Britain? Haven't you watched Men
2: in Black? Yes, and it's. There's weird. a reason he's called Zed, and yeah. not J or K. Or Z. Just saying.
1: When Why went? did you
3: just finish off Jeremy's drink? That was so you rude. You were cut off. <laughs> yeah, I'm so
1: rude. So the secret if you're cut off is sit next to somebody else. Is sit next to someone else and drink their shit. And hopefully they're your friend and they're gonna be like, I'm too amused to stop you from drinking the rest of this. Well this drink. is from the He's gentleman
2: that gets everyone else
1: drunk at parties, so That is true. You know what, Jeremy? Bam! <laughs> I love this man. All right. So we're going to get it all wrong here,
2: uh, (laughs) you know, a good seven minutes into this podcast. (laughs) we're we're
3: important people
2: to talk about. We are. We're very important people. We want to talk about a uh, local Utah Kickstarter called uh, Cloudline. It's the world's lightest dog
1: leash. Um, This is perfect for Utah. If you don't know about Utah, dog ownership is really high. And trucks. And trucks. And this is... What what the f... What does it have to do with... Dude, you've got to stop putting that in the teleprompter because I'm going to read it. Anyway. This this is right up our alley. And honestly, it's right up the Kickstarter alley. And this is a Kickstarter that is going to succeed. Going to. It has. It has. As as we record this a week in advance, um, it still has
2: 18 days to go. By the time you hear this, it's going to be just over a week. Um, but they already have $3,700 of their $2,200 goal, roughly. 152 um, backers, very impressive. About 400% uh, total. Uh, Kit track actually has them on track to make just under $9,000 by the time this project finishes out. It's not a really high goal, but my guess is from the looks of these leashes, they're not super expensive from a material standpoint. They're very minimalist type of, uh, of, of dog leashes. They have a very well-done video. I love the video It's only a minute and seven That is awesome I, I, Very intelligent Keep your video short on Kickstarter I would play it But really the video And the beauty of the video Is watching the dog With the voiceover That's behind the dog Because that is really The comic relief of the video It's descriptive enough It's It's clever. humorous it's clever. And it really it's short. It's short. And, it's and that short. is a
1: big thing for a Kickstarter video. They have, This
2: is not their first Kickstarter. Um, they've created other Kickstarters in the past. Um... I'm not exactly sure what the hell their other one was. It now, wasn't successful. They haven't
1: contributed to a ton of Kickstarter. But they've backed to a
0: couple. They've contributed to a couple. They've backed a couple different Kickstarters. They're not they're not like some of the others that back nothing, or completely no, new to the They
1: they're they're dipping their toe in the tips in the Kickstarter in the bit. <laughs> 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 they're dipping their toe in the Kickstarter community and Just it's tip. a good start. Well, and from the, looks, the from the looks of these projects, they're, they're older projects.
2: So they've been around Kickstarter for a long time. One's from 2012. One's from 2013. So they're not the jump in and back a dollar on 10 projects. They're, they're actually thoughtful backings of, of other projects going on in Kickstarter. So that,
0: that's definitely a positive. They uh, have the dollar reward level, which we've always talked about as being a big, big bonus. They also have a five dollar reward level that doesn't give you anything either, um, but it's just a way to give a little bit more money. Oddly enough, though, if you look at, it, they've only got one backer at the dollar level and one at the five, which is a little—that's cool, but a little odd. Usually, you have fifteen or twenty people at the dollar level because once you're once you pledge anything, that means you're you get all of the private messages and you get to see the progress that you wouldn't get by not pledging. So they have, you know, a bunch of different levels, really, that that boil
2: down to which type of leash. There's two types of leashes. They did the early bird specials, which I see in a lot of really successful Kickstarters. It helps you get that money really fast. Yeah. You open up for somewhat less of a price. So, for example, their early bird, one of them was $8.00. It's now eleven dollars for the same type of reward, which they they had
0: twenty, so it was limited. Yeah, so
2: it was limited. They and had I another guess those one. went fast. And they had another one that was twenty five for a little bit bigger, you know, leash package uh, that sells for seventeen. So they're kind of keeping that good thing in line. Their imagery, their their descriptions, they're they're brief but very descript uh, on it. Uh, my favorite picture is the <laughs> chick in the bright pink spanks that stand out from anything else in the whole picture. The leash is like an afterthought. Uh, I'm not sure why that's <laughs> They clearly the have never areas. watched America's Next Top Model. <laughs>
0: but, you know, that's uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, what I like about this, though, is it's simple and it's direct. They say what the product is, it's minimalist. They can pull
2: a car with it. I mean, that's a great addition to the video because your first question really is... A uh, Prius. Some, it doesn't matter, though. It's not Your dog is not going to be an issue if the car <laughs> is being pulled by this thin, you know, mesh type of rope. Um, so I'm actually going to back this project personally. Uh, I think these are, are great-looking leashes. It says it has um, a
0: 1,600-pound body strength on it. Yeah,
2: especially for my uh, my Chihuahua, you know. Chopper. the. Leashes are heavy for those small dogs. Yeah. So this is a, a good way to, to get around that. So real happy with this project. I think it's gonna do really well. Um Kick Track has it on target to do really well. Um it sounds like they already have their stuff lined out, they just need to get materials, they've got manufacturing in place. One it's, it's, a, it's wh- a
1: really well laid out Kickstarter. It show clearly shows what each like uh pledge level gives and that's not something that's always prevalent, and it shows what all the stretch goals give. It's just really well And laid it's out. very simplistic. They have one
2: add-on that they can do after the fact. They have one stretch goal at $5,000. Now, it doesn't mean they can't open more stretch goals up, but probably they won't. I don't really see the need. It's just really more handle designs for one of the leashes.
3: For people that are not familiar with Kickstarters, uh, can you explain how a stretch goal works?
2: Yeah, so typically with a Kickstarter, you set an initial funding goal. So for these guys, that funding goal was $2,250. Well, a lot of times what will happen is, you know, a project goes huge. So this one's got 18 days to go as we talked today. It's already... $3,700, $3,700, you know, what's the incentive for people to get on it now other than just getting that, that one product? And that's where stretch goals come in because now they can start to look at making this instead of just a quick project to try and get this thing out there, making it a bigger business, doing a more full production. What line.
1: you're describing right now, Chris, is actually pr- a pretty big epidemic in Kickstarter community is where people try to just sell the product and not make it unique to the Kickstarter community. And the people in the Kickstarter community want to have something that no one else has. It's a very hipster, it's a very discover oriented thing, and they want to feel like they're getting something unique. And if there's not something unique, it's typically a strike against it. But the fact is, this is talking about animals and specifically dogs. And if you don't like dogs, you're an asshole. (laughs) Well, and we've talked
2: about it before. I mean the kickstarter. Am I right? Does
1: anyone the Kickstarter community is a
2: fairly uh, hipster-type community, right? It's primarily hipsters that do a lot of the backing of these projects. This is a perfect product for a hipster. It's a dog leash. Most hipsters have, you know, some form of dog or ferret or <laughs>
3: chinchilla. Fox. Now Foxes Fox. are the new thing. Yeah. Foxes, really? Yeah, what? I haven't wow. seen that yet.
2: That's funny. Uh, and, and they have, it's a minimalist approach. And so a lot of hipsters is very hip to be minimalist. And no, not tip to of crap. be square. Yeah, mm. Huey Lewis in the news, baby. Hey, you know nothing's better than the uh, Portland, the the '90s are alive in Portland song. Um, depending on which season of Portlandia you catch it, in. <laughs> <laughs> whether it's the 1990s or more specifically the 1890s, you're such all the a good pop history. administrator,
1: <laughs> pulling in co- pop references like that. Uh, i have not watched the show I haven't, I've never seen it You, you seen like Port-landia? sketch
2: comedy? Uh, I've never seen
1: Portlandia You like sketch comedy? Yes
2: Do You like kids in the hall type stuff? Yes Portlandia is spot on Especially if you don't like hipsters <laughs> It's great <laughs> So, anyway We'll, uh, we'll kind of keep going We're going to move on um, so this weekend, uh, this coming up weekend, other than my birthday coming up on the 19th.
0: Which uh, what else is
2: there?
1: Really? I mean, really, when, when that happens. They actually closed the down spots. the state when Chris Birch was born, who isn't actually from the state, but they're like, you know what? We're going to make an exception. I will tell you, I have
2: one rule, and I'm one of those douchebags that does this, but I refuse to work on my birthday. I, I've worked on my birthday a couple of times in my life, and it was just an absolutely miserable experience. I don't expect gifts, I don't expect parties, but I give myself that one thing, which is a day off that I actually do not work. Everyone I've ever worked with knows it, and they don't expect me to do anything on that day, and it just makes the day really, really nice. But I am one of those douchebags that refuses to work. On I
1: don't my think it's douchebaggery. I think people need to seize back time for themselves. I think America is slowly losing sight of the fact that like work life balance is an important thing. Oh, absolutely. I work to live, not live to work. Bingo. But you know what? I'm telling you Europe is very much a very much that and they work less hours and they they I don't know. It's just a totally different world over there. Yeah, Yeah. you
3: try finding a gas station that's open at 7 o'clock at night when you're on a quarter (laughs) tank and have been stuck in the middle of Scotland. (laughs) Yeah, it's not easy. It's not
2: easy. Yeah. Um, It's true. It's just, well, and they like to live out there. What can you say? Uh, So what else is going on besides my birthday coming up? This is the, you know, this is... This coming weekend, the 14th, 15th, and 16th. Um, really kind of a lull for Utah, I guess. because well, Right the, in between. Oh,
3: no. It is not Fourth is a over. Lull. The 24th, 24th is coming. coming. So
2: I know there's still... Chris is, Auden, is still doing fireworks.
3: Ogden Pioneer Days still is, is still on. going
2: yep. on. Other Pioneer Day festivities are probably starting up. What what else is going on? Jen? So everyone
3: gets excited for Days of 47 Rodeo, but I personally feel that the Stampede down in Nephi is one of the best and most fun rodeos that exists in Utah. They
0: usually have
1: professional rodeo it is,
3: Yeah, it's a PRCA like, like per, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. Like I will just summer.
1: interject by saying that Utah has real cowboys. <laughs> We're not talking about like fake cowboys that listen to certain types of music and they show up and they're wearing cowboy boots and they're <laughs> calling themselves cowboys, but these people actually wrangle critters and they have lassos and they like have spurs and, and shit so we have real cowboys,
2: lassos, and spurs and shit. That's <laughs> your, of your definition. Well, of real all of cowboy. that
3: will be at the Stampede. <laughs> the fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth. The doors open at eight. Each day has a different price depending <laughs> upon if you have reserve seats or I'm general admission. I'm personally
2: not a rodeo fan. Uh, I've never really been into them. The I don't spurs and really like shit. Them.
0: But you're from Wyoming. I, and it's Texas. true. It's true.
2: They like their sheep wrangling and sheep fucking up there, but. People like the rodeo. There is a lot of talent that goes
0: into these.
3: This one um, particularly so is... So it's, it's... It's so fun.
0: Something to watch. I thought I thought that book we found about all things Wyoming was like, that that's how you lived your life.
2: The book you found.
1: So Jess, <laughs> Jess having never gone to the Nephi um, yes, rodeo, stampede, yes. what is it that makes it unique compared to other rodeos?
3: It's just small town Utah, you know, it's a small arena, it's a small town... You're going to see the same people that have been going to that rodeo since they moved to that town. It's, it's just a really fun environment.
0: And they have a demolition derby. Cool.
3: Which Do they the really have a demolition derby? I'm serious.
0: They have a demolition derby.
3: Yes. So that weekend is the that sounds cool monthly drag brunch on the 17th held at Club X downtown in Salt Lake. Will Amen. you be making omelets? I will be making omelets. Yes, indeed. Come meet
1: Jess live.
3: <laughs> Folks, <laughs> honestly, I still haven't had
2: one,
1: so maybe I'll go down
2: and get mm-hmm. one. If
1: you want to come and experience what makes Utah unique and what makes Salt Lake such a great city, come down and check out the Brag Brunch. The Brag Brunch? I have had the Brag Brunch. All right. Bra- the Brag Brunch. Because honestly, it is a bunch of goodwill and it's a bunch of people just being themselves. Um, and there's good food, so you know what? If you come to Utah, stop in and check it out.
3: Well, you're paying fifteen dollars for a food and a show. It's
1: two it's shows.
3: Deal. It goes from eleven to two. It's a lot of fun. Just just check it out because you will be surprised at how much. You-
1: and, and Jess can make you an omelette. That's the most that's important. that's the that's I the have thing.
3: one lady and that is the only thing that she comes for and it's she always your own. Yeah. Just
2: eat your egg.
3: She actually sent somebody up the second time because I think she felt embarrassed, but I'm really flattered. so um also, the 15th and 16th is the Down These Hills LGBT Film Festival. There are 21 films that are being shown over that Whoa. weekend. Now, wait a minute, are these
1: new films? Uh huh.
3: Yep. Yep. Indie films. Yeah. Documentaries. I didn't know
1: there were that many LGBT yes. films in the world.
3: Oh, I mean, you need to spend new. some time on Netflix. Yeah. Just throw <laughs> that out there.
2: Just go get
1: into one of those
2: Netflix, you know, wormholes for two days. On the weekend,
1: watch every gay video you can find. I've watched quite a few of them, and they're all really good, but the,
3: the interesting <laughs> thing is there's
1: 21 right now being rolled out.
3: Right, and the passes start at $50, uh, go up to $250, $13 is the opening night. They're doing a presentation with Dion Warwick. I can't give you more information because I didn't research it. Wait, is Dion Warwick gay? I don't. I can't answer that. I don't know. Are I mean, not sh- that it
1: matters, but like, this is the person who's spearheading this really kind of cool event. I'm
3: just, just only we
1: had this magical box. the Google
3: machine.
0: Google <laughs> um, <laughs> machine.
3: So you can find more information on that at utahfilmcenter.org And while they're googling the <laughs> machine
2: well so what i mean are these mostly documentaries are they no you just, ha, uh, lgbt a, produced yeah. or? um
3: i think it's a little bit of everything actors content documentaries it's a little bit of everything and they do this every summer utah really amazing for our film festivals we have more than just sundance here
2: we do have we have yeah. slam dance for instance which is slam fantastic is awesome. the um, what's the name of the uh, extreme sports films One. Oh, Oh, the the skiing
1: one. The Warren Miller. Oh,
2: I can't. Yeah, Warren Miller. Warren Miller. But I can't remember the name of the festival, but it's freaking awesome. X Fest or something like that? Something like that. The Film Festival is fantastic. I love watching the show. You
1: know what's really interesting is in our Comic Con, they always have some sort of really cool poetry slam. Oh, yeah. yeah. And our Arts Fest, the Arts Fest that just passed, always has a really cool uh, poetry slam. And if you're curious, look up Adam Love. Yeah, he's amazing. He first of all he's amazing, but second of all, he really spearheads some really cool stuff at the arts fest, and it's all around like poetry slams and stuff like that. I just
3: friend. I just want to say that this is we have a really cool article that we'll talk about today in news, but this next week concerts alone in Salt Lake, just this week, Pitbull, Chicago, Howard Jones, Rusted Root, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Bare Naked Lady with OMD and Howard Jones, Twenty One Pilots, Piano Guys. That's just to name a few.
2: That's just awesome. a few. <laughs> Music in Utah is fabulous. Those are some of the coolest. And bands I'm going from the to Howard and Jones
3: 80s. and Bare Naked Ladies. I love OMD Bare Naked
2: Ladies. I love Toad and the Wet Sprocket. Actually, That's I sold my, my ticket
3: band. to that because I wanted to go to Howard Jones. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, Toad and the Wet Sprocket was from an old Monty Python skit. Yeah, yeah you know, that
1: is true. Rusted Root is it's one of my. Way. Th- Favorite band. If you haven't ever listened to When I Woke, it is the most fantastic... Like, one continuous song is what it really feels like. It is fantastic. Rusted Root, When I Woke. You know, I, I... Really like Rusted Root.
2: I just don't know if I could handle the concert crowd for that <laughs> type of show. You would
3: get high instantly walking in the door. And joint. it's in a small club in Paris. It's Park like City. Jesus, yeah, yeah, no problem
2: with Jesus, it's his band. So you're probably guaranteed to be hot boxes. <laughs> you know, it's like a fish concert, really. I <laughs> <probably laughs> <on> think <same laughs>
3: Queen's Rike was the first time that I ever experienced that. But machine. I think it's the machine. If you if you do you want to see me. Rusted yeah. Root and
2: maybe not be in that same concert experience, I'm sure you'll be performing with a Drum circle at Liberty
0: Park <laughs> before or after? <laughs>
2: oh my gosh! <laughs> this next week here. Way to stereotype my peeps, man. <laughs> They're great. They're great. Uh, not to not to downplay them. But but speaking of music, we actually do have. Um, speaking of
0: music, that's a good.
2: We
1: have a news story. Um, one of you. Oh hold on! Did you say news story? Oh uh, yeah. Better play your. Because I'm microphone. about to play some. Uh, hold on. There's this. <laughs> Breaking news! Right on one hundred one point three, man. Hold so, on, oh no, shit!
3: <laughs> if you guys would stop talking through it, this is like—I'm pretty sure we could just put it in after the fact. Yeah, I can. Easily okay, that you know I have You're one, job, too hard. one
1: job.
2: One <laughs> job. <laughs> uh, so Utah is known for um, some of the artists we produce. Like we talked about before. <laughs> the used <laughs> it's the squirrel on the, the imagine people. dragons um, the WB frog uh, all hail out of the state of Utah neon trees is also uh, from Utah uh, which they're awesome in concert
0: by the way I've seen them live
3: yeah they, I mean, we, they, do see live. they produce some
0: great music they opened for um, my chemical romance like three or four years ago
3: cool that was before they got big too that's mm-hmm. awesome
2: Tyler Glenn, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago, uh, I think. Um, yeah. And really, back in April, Tyler Glenn, who's, who's one of the members and, and a singer for Neon Trees, um, put out a, a music video uh, for a song that, that he wrote and composed called Trash. Um, since then, he's, he's spoken quite a bit to folks about it. Um, Utah, is, Utah is run by the Mormon Church, If you don't think it's run by the Mormon Church, you're a moron. Um, No, you're a Mormon. Yeah, sorry, you're not a Mormon. You're not a Mormon. Sorry,
3: (laughs) Uh, but it it is very much
2: run by the Mormon Church. Wow. Um, Can someone
3: take his (laughs) tablet away? (laughs) Serious. Sorry. You know
2: what? There's always time for dramatic chipmunk. <laughs> <laughs> and earlier this year... Chipmunk, it kills me. <laughs> earlier this year, the uh, the Mormon church came out with um, some statements regarding um, gay and, and lesbian
0: members of the church. That it was apostasy.
2: Yeah, but essentially it was apostasy that
0: they weren't going to baptize children uh, of, they, of gay couples. Yeah, so it forced people to choose. It forced children to choose if their parents more family members. Well, it
2: didn't this is the thing. It doesn't force children to choose, right? The children don't have a choice. You just can't be baptized if your parents are gay anymore. It's just not going to happen. What it does is is put parents in a in a peculiar situation. So, you know, a, a lot of people outside of the state of Utah probably don't have the kind of community that we do here. In our neighborhoods, the Mormon church exists and a ward is created. So basically all your neighbors, all the people your kids go to school with they go to church with. They interact with throughout the week during church functions and activities and things that they do at the church. Uh and, and then so, at school. Yeah, all day and, long. And, and then school. all day long at school. And so, you know, if you're a gay couple and you think the church is good, you know, you think they're that that morality that they teach,
1: those lessons that they teach are, are good and, and a good influence on your kids, you may have your kids go to church. And I, I will just interject. Even if you disagree with the religious fundamental part of the LDS church, there's a lot of people that think that raising their kids in the LDS church will give them a really good head start on community and public service. Well, the culture. And the culture. And, And if I were very completely honest... The Mormon church, in a lot of ways, really instills a good sense of culture. So there's a lot of people that don't agree with the religion aspect that want the cultural aspect for their children who may be the most impacted by this situation. And and the reality is, it it still happens today.
2: You know, when when Brie was growing up, she's not Mormon. She grew up Catholic in a very Mormon state. She had friends that weren't allowed to come over to her house because her family was Catholic. You know, and that still happens to this day because they don't see them at church they assume they're not LDS they, maybe they send some home teachers uh, and they get turned away or whatever uh, and at the end of the day parents really look down on that and that affects the way their kids can interact with other kids so this is a problem a lot of people have a problem with the, the way the Mormon church has been handling um, the LGBT community, how they've been dealing with them what they've been saying Um and this music video that Tyler Glenn put out uh, is is really really damning in a way to the church. It, it really says, "Hey, this isn't okay." You know what you guys are, are doing, what you're saying. You know, apparently a lot of the stuff that he does in the video is something that, that Mormons recognize from some of their temple ceremonies, um, some of the gestures that he makes. So if you're not familiar with that stuff, it may not be as powerful to you, but it's certainly going to hit a note with. Uh, a lot of the, the, the Mormon community. I want to read some of the things that, that Tyler Glenn said um, that really, I think, are impactful. Um, so one of the things he said is he's totally lost his faith in the LDS Church. He started writing songs and music for what I felt was a solo record, and I was in a relationship, and I was having a lot of good things happen. I found a place in Mormonism that seemed to make it work, and I guess... I naively felt like I was making it work. And
1: the policy that they announced basically came as a gut punch. So this is a guy who feels very betrayed by a church that he was kind of advocating even after having come out. Not even initially. kind of.
3: He wanted to be part of the Right, but,
1: but not just wanted to be part of but he was advocating it. He was saying, look guys, you can still, you do, can still do this, you can make it work. And now he's what what he's saying is he's saying... That was a naive viewpoint, and it is, from his perspective, impossible to make the two things reconciled. Now, I think he is posing, and and I I don't know when I became the ultra-conservative one of the group, but I think he is putting forward a very... Narrow perspective, because I think there are LDS families who are supportive of this stuff. I'm not saying the LDS Church is supportive, but I think that there are LDS families. Well, I, I think that's what he says. I'll read a little bit more of what he said. So he
2: said, "But I'm 32. I came out two years ago, and now I'm discovering this place that I naively thought had a place for me doesn't. This doesn't sit well with me. It's something I've tried to make work my entire life. I went on a mission." I've spoken highly of the church, even post coming out as gay. Perhaps that was foolish, but the doctrine is not of God. And that proves to me that God is not at the head of this church. He continues to say some other stuff. He talks about how he knows that this comes from a place of anger and a place of rebellion for him. uh, And that it's going to offend a lot of people. But he talks more about the church, and he says there's beautiful aspects of the church. I love the Mormon people. I love the culture. I think they're some of the best people that I've ever met, and there are many that are still in my life. My family is all still Mormon, but the system has done a lot of harm. I don't know how else to act. This is an honest expression, and I'm glad there's a conversation being started about this because I feel they're getting away with creating a policy and saying that God gave it to him, and he didn't. She didn't. Whatever God is, didn't. Some pretty powerful stuff there. He still has an extremely supportive family. Um, he was asked about resigning from the church, and he said he's not going to resign. He thinks it's important uh, if the church decides to excommunicate him that they do all of that in the proper way. He wants to see change come out of this. He doesn't hate the Mormon Church. He's just really, really upset with the system. Um, and this is this is we're kind of bringing this up again because you know last week we talked about. Uh, a lot of uh, of teen suicide rates um, a lot of how that that is increased how a lot of that that increase is from uh, the LGBT community uh, in the youth and he posted a video uh, on the fifth that you know basically just cataloged all the the kids that have Committed suicide since the LDS Church has here put this Utah, out here in Utah. And, since and the church has come out with, this I statement. feel
1: like his response is is kind of a, a strange dichotomy. Half of it is really mature, and half of it is really like angst ridden immature. Half of it is, I'm going to stay in the church. I want them to do the right thing. I want I'm going to give them a chance. I want to be an advocate for change. It's a really mature viewpoint. I think it's really sophisticated. I think he's doing it the right way. The other half is, you know, I'm rebelling, and I know I'm rebelling, and I'm rebelling for the sake of rebelling, and I hope that some good comes of it. I don't. And I don't, somewhere in the is
3: starting a conversation, I though. don't think
1: that any of it is rebelling for the sake of rebelling. I, I think, think it's
3: says, rebelling.
2: Hold on, because he's hurt.
3: Yes,
0: he because like he's he's doesn't, to his he doesn't.
2: He
1: doesn't have a spot anymore.
3: He said, "I naively thought." They had a place
1: for me, and they don't. No, but here's what he says. So my expression in the video is one of anger and one of rebellion, and I completely recognize that that things I do in the video are not going to sit well with a lot of LDS people. And that's something I'm okay with. I'm not out to shock. It's a piece of art. Yeah. So he knows he's being rebellious, but I
2: don't think he's being
1: rebellious just to just be rebellious. To rebellious.
2: He's being rebellious because he feels like he has no other recourse. At I agree,
1: point. and that's why I think that's why I think that he's kind of writing the line between being uh, an effective advocate for change and someone who's hurt and just lashing out. Well, and I th- I think
2: his comments. I mean, if you look at where people have been excommunicated from the Mormon church before, his comments talking about this is not a mandate from God, God's not running the church, that's going to get him excommunicated.
0: Correct.
2: And I, I'm okay with that. I actually think the excommunication of churches whenever they do it, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's absolutely crazy that any organization that teaches love and understanding and, and non-judgmentalism would excommunicate someone from their Why violence.
1: do you think that the LDS church... And, and I have a lot of great friends who I respect immensely in the LDS Church. Why do you believe that it preaches non-judgmentalism? I don't think it does. In fact, I will say if you listed their doctrines in a in a big, long sequence, never does it say, don't judge people. Judging people is kind of what it's about. <laughs> and, and, and I say that not from a position of vitriol where I'm lashing out and I'm angry, but quite honestly... It is about saying, this is right, this is wrong. You're either on our side of the fence or you're not. They teach a
2: lot of the same Christian values and Christian teachings that you see in other Protestant and Christian religions, which is, is that of not judging. Now, whether or not that comes out and that is acted out, I mean, clearly in the state of Utah... We don't see it. It's a very judgmental group. I, I know. If you get outside of the state of Utah, if Jesus were here church, today, different
1: experience. he would be totally okay with gayness. He'd be like, "Sweet." Am I wrong? Does anyone else feel the same way? We don't know that any of the disciples. Dude, are I'm here. telling you, he would come. First of all, he'd come and hang out with me <laughs> because I'm pretty much a badass. But second of all, he'd be like, "Look, I don't care who you love. Loving is kindness. Loving is a position of good." Why would he not be on okay with that?
3: Well, I love that we went from Tyler Glenn to Jesus hanging out with Josh. <sighs> wow, well, so, there's <laughs> that. I, I, I do want to hear. I know Jess that you
2: have um, some of the letter that, that Tyler Glenn's mom wrote in support, and I think it's it's pretty awesome to see a family back their son in a situation like this. Because, like I said, I, I really do. Th- I, I would be surprised if the Mormon Church doesn't move to excommunicate him.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that they will because he's so high profile.
2: They don't care, about it doesn't matter. matter.
1: I think that that matter is even more He's absolutely
2: speaking out. Yeah, he's absolutely speaking out against okay. the
1: church. Okay. Think about that woman whoa, that was
3: just excommunicated. What was her name? Over Under. Kate Kelly, yeah. yeah.
1: Who believes that he'll get excommunicated? I don't think he will.
3: We can't raise our hands, no one's going to see.
1: No, but say it verbally. I, ab- I absolutely do think. He'll I think be he will. I do too as well. I, I do too. not
2: think he'll get excommunicated. I, I do think it will open up some conversation, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think what the Mormon Church has done. I think this helps uh, that you know that split to kind of start to happen. But the Mormon Church putting out that statement um, and that that policy change. Um, it's, it's
1: fragmenting the church. It really is pulling a lot of people away from the church. Do you believe then, based on that, and I'm asking the entire group, do you believe that this may have, I mean, similar to the Brexit, right? When, when, <laughs> when the United Kingdom left the European Union, basically uh, Scotland and Ireland said, well, now we want, we want to talk about leaving the United Kingdoms if this happens, and if it happens the way you anticipate it happening, do you believe that it will be the splintering of the LDS Church? There's a really big
2: stretch there. I don't think this is the issue that would
1: split the LDS Church.
2: (laughs) No. no. I mean, you could start to look at this as you know when the Lutherans split off from Catholicism, in a sense. But I just don't think I mean, look. The, the he wouldn't be
3: the first person to be excommunicated over something that he said or did. No, no. I,
2: I do think that in time. But he made a video about it, and it's pretty popular. I do think that in time, the the church may change its stance a little bit, may change its view. Mm-hmm. Um, that remains to be seen, and and uh, you know, until they do, honestly, I don't think they should get tax breaks. I think they're a hate filled organization. That's my personal opinion. But uh, go on and on. Can we? <coughs> I, I want to hear this letter. I, I really don't want to go without hearing parts of this letter.
3: Okay. So oh, I'm not quite sure where she posted this. I don't know if it was on Facebook or if it was on a blog. But Tyler's mother Deb started it out with uh, hashtag LoveHeels. She said the following is not up for debate. Please read carefully. I've waited a few days to respond to my son Tyler's new video. I viewed it and I don't like it. I find it sacrilegious. I find it upsetting. I find it dark. I love my son. I tried to change. I tried changing the perspective. What is it that he's saying? Why this depiction? Why this imagery? I know Tyler. I know his heart. I have seen and felt the marginalization of the LGBT community. And then she just kind of goes on to talk about what she saw in the video of him. She said, the man in the video drew upon some very serious pain, a lifetime of pain. It's not pretty, but she said, this is not about me or my personal faith in God or my belief in church. It's about a young man who in the public eye has discovered himself and doing something with the pain that is real. She's, she talks about that. She doesn't want to justify his actions and she talks about just a few scriptures that are relevant to the church that regar- in regards to the situation. Are they for or against? I mean, what are, th- what are this, They're those... They're for love. Yeah, it's just about love. Okay.
1: okay. She still loves her kid.
3: Yeah. yeah. She a...
1: sees all the pain that he's in.
3: Yeah. And she says, everyone has an opinion on this subject, but I choose to follow the prompting of this scripture. I'm a woman of faith who will not turn my back on a friend or a loved one, no matter what they think or how they act. I choose to act on my faith in God and seek ways to understand, lift, and love. Tyler knows that my husband and I stand with him at the ready to carry him if necessary. All my love, Mom.
1: So what is that really saying, though? It's saying she's staying
2: with the church, but she loves her son. Yeah. She's not going to
3: stop accepting
2: her son, accepting her son's lifestyle. She's just going to continue to follow the church.
1: Well, I... Maybe I'm the dissenting voice, but I kind of took that as I'm still not going to say that that's okay. I love my son and I support him, but these are the scriptures. Am, am I reading No, that? no she, she was talking about what he was doing
3: in the video that she doesn't feel that it's appropriate and she doesn't... She was offended by it. Yeah, she's offended by it, but that doesn't mean that she's not going to love her son just because he created this piece of art. No. Or I, who he is.
1: That I agree, but I don't think that... I don't think that she's basically saying that what he's doing is okay. She specifically
3: says she does (coughs) not not think it's okay.
1: Right. So, but she still still, she loves him.
2: She stands with him. She's going to be there for him. um, But she believes what the church believes. Okay. Enough said. Uh, talking a little bit more about music uh, and <laughs> concerts, moving <laughs> right <my> home. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a long discussion, but sometimes it's relevant. It's relevant and it's important. T- it's a very big piece of what's going on in Utah right now. It's you know, the church runs the state, and some big policies
0: out there.
1: I wonder if that's going to change if we really do become a battleground state. I what don't e-
0: think it'll change.
1: You don't think it'll change? No, no, no not at all.
0: It won't change. No.
1: Not at all. Well, then how can we be a battleground state? The whole idea behind a battleground... Because battle gr- Utahns hate Trump, which means Hillary has a real okay, chance of winning. Okay, so you're t- then the premise is not that we become a battleground state, period. We become a battleground state for this particular election. Yeah. And then we're back to red, straight yes. red. Yeah. Pretty much. Absolutely. okay much. No, I don't disagree. <laughs> Big first time. Carry on. I oh, disagree. Sure. There
0: might be a purple. Uh, so anyway, there, uh, back there. to
2: concerts and uh, not the election out of you know thin air. Um, Salt Lake City. Where do you think we rate uh, in the top ten list of uh, concert venues?
3: I wouldn't have thought very high because we miss a lot of great shows. Skip over Salt Lake, but yeah, uh, you I know, was wrong
2: it is interesting um salt lake was ranked number five actually um for uh, in the top 10 concert venues uh in the country um you know we're behind seattle you know austin uh, austin is is known for music the south by southwest festival right. and um chicago you know they have Lollapalooza every year and countless other crap out there atlanta um which doesn't surprise me, Atlanta's a big bad of rock of, of hip hop and and country music are yeah. Fans LA. From Atlanta? Yeah. yeah, you know,
1: four of the last um, five of of the top five are all western states. You've
2: well, those got, are those are top ten. I'm sorry, I'm reading the list in reverse, but yeah, uh, but
1: Nevada Nevada's
2: um, number one. California, California, Salt Lake. Um, Nevada, I'm sorry, Utah, Nevada Utah Nevada, San Francisco, Santa Ana, New York City. they don't that doesn't really surprise me. They have a lot of venues. Nevada especially. I mean
3: And that's how they ranked this. They ranked it on concerts per venue, venues per capita, and the population.
2: So Salt, Salt Lake City ranked number five. so right in the middle of that top 10 list. but by the way, not just right in the middle of the top 10 list, we're actually, I think the smallest market in that list. If you look at like market size, TV size, and and stuff. Um, And part of why Salt Lake gets skipped, uh, interestingly enough, Denver is not on here. Denver gets a lot of the concerts we never see. Because they're so close, bands usually don't stop in both places. Vegas also gets a lot of those concerts. Yeah. A lot of times they'll go from Denver to Vegas and skip us. But we have a bunch of amazing concert menus. Not just... You know your bigger venues like you know ESA and the Maverick Center, um, Saltaire. We have a lot of small stuff that's really cool. So Valour in Provo is freaking fantastic. That's where guys like Neon Trees and The Used and Imagine Dragons. And they're Dragons trying to save
3: sh- that venue right now, actually. Yeah,
2: that's where they all got their start. And this is just a little like. Crappy coffee shop up front. There's a mm-hmm. small venue that holds maybe 150 people in the back, maybe a little more than that. It's really small, but a lot of bands get their start there. It's a there's, great <clears throat> place to, to get cozy. there's Kilby Court, like
1: a downtown, hot spot,
3: which is really the cool. Retro bands,
0: a yeah. whole lot of the retro bands come through Salt
3: Lake. Yeah. The complex, the is, complex is a names really good venue that should be at massive venues, and they're not. And, and it's a bidding ward, is all it is. And the
2: cool thing is, the complex. The complex is a really unique venue because they actually have two, three, or I think they have three different places they stick bands. Yeah, three. Yeah, inside the same building, inside Mm -hmm. the same kind of club. It's really cool. So, Salt Lake is a hotbed for music, not just our music, but we bring a lot of of great bands here, as we kind of talked about earlier. But another thing about Utah, (laughs) apparently, if we're going to talk about rankings. Utah is also uh in the top, top r- ten of rudest cities One in of the rudest cities in America. So we come in at number six. <laughs> so I kind of want to compare these lists. So we have Miami, which is not on the concert list. Uh, Phoenix, not on the concert list. Uh, New York uh, is on the concert list at number two, and they're the number three rudest city in the country. L.A. on the concert list, um, also number four <laughs> in the rudest cities. Uh, no. no Philly. And then there's us. Um, how could we, so we, Travel
3: travel, and Leisure came out with this on July 6th. And I went and read, I hopped on Travel and Leisure Magazine's website just to see if it gave more information. Because how do you come up with, like, how do you come up with that information? You know, you can bump, of course, like, of course New York City is going to rank high. But I've had some of my best friendly experiences in New York City, Uh, you know, but they ranked it on leisure activities. They ranked it on population. They ranked it on quality of life features.
1: So it's, it's really kind of an abstract view. This is not actually a, if you run into a person, they're going to be rude. It's a combination of the culture plus what's available to a, a, an average passerby. It's well, all the judgmental women. It, well, I mean, look, so
0: <laughs> this,
2: this is um, Here's a story from a few years ago. Um, I used to do a lot of corporate training. We'd bring in people from all over the country to do training, a lot of diverse folks, which, you know, in the state of Utah, diversity is not one of our top sellers. Um, we've got a lot of white folks. And we had a lady from uh, South Carolina come here and she went to the Walmart uh, out by the, the office and the uh, checker at Walmart just reached out and said you're not from around here are you? because she was of a different ethnicity like just straight up <laughs> said she's not a customer she was the checker and says this to this lady I mean, so yeah, I, I, it doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, the people don't people in Utah don't know how to act with with other folks. So it doesn't surprise me. From a tourism standpoint, uh, they might see some some rude people. Who knew? I uh, oh, talk about one more thing. Uh, this then is we're probably a great one done. to end with for um, you, gentlemen. So we're all beer drinkers here, uh, except maybe Jessica. On occasion, she'll sample beer, I guess. I don't know. Only when totally whiskey
3: when touring. Yeah. But uh,
2: you Utah, like beer either. Utah has <laughs> some really silly liquor laws. We've talked about some of them. We've talked about the Zion Curtain. Utah is, is one of a handful of states that um, has uh, liquor laws where you can only sell, sell beer in a grocery store or a gas station that is 3.2% alcohol by volume or less. So we are, uh, along with uh, Oklahoma, Colorado, Kansas, and Minnesota, uh, one of five states that uh, beer manufacturers have to make special batches of beer for us. They have to essentially water down their beer for us.
1: But that, my friend, is about to change. Yeah, and not in a good way in 2018.
2: Yeah, so a couple of those states, um, in particular, was it Oklahoma, I think it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and Colorado. So first off, let's talk about some numbers. So those five states, um, they make up about 1.8 percent of all beard sales in the U.S. And that's very, a small percentage, very, very small. So these guys are doing specific production runs for these states which utah is part of now oklahoma and colorado who both have passed laws changing that and dropping that requirement that's 60 percent of the 1.8 percent so more than half of that so now you're talking less than a percentage of their beer sales coming to three states that have a 3.2 percent alcohol law what that ultimately means is in the short term we're probably going to see a lot fewer beers available in the grocery store. It's a good thing we
3: have plenty of our own breweries. So we
2: do have a lot of our own breweries, and we see a lot of their beers in the grocery stores. Um, so the the discussion the legislature is going to have to look at this it is a revenue source it may be a small percentage of production for the nation but for Utah it is it is quite a big tax revenue source and to lose a lot of that stuff in the grocery store so the talk is do you pull beer out of the grocery stores entirely and put them or in the liquor stores do you
3: change the percentage? or do you change
2: the percentage and say you know what I hope they change the grocery the percentage. stores can now sell
1: beer and wine um, so there's there's three there's three ultimate destinies for Utah here. One is they basically um, put them in the liquor stores, which means that we're now gonna have to go to liquor store for, for everything, anything. and that sucks. That is the worst possible. We scenario. would not
2: be the only state that does that. But no, but those other run, states
1: also suck. But we do. <laughs>
2: but our it's liquor stores just
0: got wine coolers. And yeah, stuff.
2: Our, our liquor stores are state run. They jack up the prices on those beer products, and really the,
0: the
2: the biggest problem with that is they don't have space. If you go to those places now, the beer that they have, and even the biggest of the wine and li- the, the wine stores and the the liquor stores here, the they don't biggest have the level, infrastructure to support. They that. don't have space for that volume of beer. We need a total wine here. Yeah, they don't have they don't have. Staffing to deal with the kind of beer sales that that go on at grocery stores. You know, people going and picking up a 30-pack of Bud Light. Or the convenience store
3: alone.
2: Yeah. So, And you'll probably still see, you know, Bud, Coors, the really major ones do it. But what you won't see is, um, you know, Fat Tire, which comes out of Denver, Colorado, probably will stop being produced at 3.2%. Because
1: their main market is Denver. And part of why they produce it at that rate and so part of the reason we get it is because, well, shit, they're already making 3.2 for Denver. Why exactly. not just ship some over to Utah?
2: So there's there's a lot of those sorts of things that will happen. Uh, so the legislature's going to have to take
1: a look at it. Who knows what they'll decide? Because they well, may decide, we're not going to do anything. One, they put them in the liquor stores. Two, they up the limit on the beer that you can get from a, from a normal store. And that is the best case scenario. That's like two ends of the spectrum. And the other option, I can't remember because speaking of (laughs) alcohol...
2: They really do nothing. They really do nothing. They just do nothing. And they leave it the way it is and they see how things play Mm -hmm. out and they do something, you know, reactionary. If that
1: happens, though, let's talk about what that means. Does that mean that Coors Light is no longer found in the liquor store? Uh, I think you're going to
2: still see those really big manufacturers, like I said. You'll see the, the Coors Brewing Company you'll probably see you know Anheuser Busch Bud um, Bud Light they'll probably still make some in that 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 selection but what you might not see is like Blue Moon which Coors owns or Sam Adams
3: yeah. or well, you still, so you know, Sam is still you, high you can't Sam Sam, can't Sam doesn't Sam do out. the, the non
0: production
2: I don't know lot.
3: about beer I only know about whiskey but you, so you'll probably see like your Coors and your
2: Coors Banquet your Coors Light that crap whiskey. but what no, you probably don't. won't see are the other brands that Coors produces. Top. you won't see the shock tops. You won't see, um, you know, all the the blue moon stuff. Killian's red and stuff like that. Those types of beers from those smaller companies probably won't be made, or those those you know smaller yeah.
0: lines from the big companies. For them, they'll just lose Utah as a.
2: Customer. I, I, I mean, it's really from a from a from a dollars and cents standpoint. It doesn't make sense when you're talking less less than one percent of your total beer sales going to three states to to invest that kind of money in it.
1: This is an impetus to change, one way or the other. And I really hope that Utah changes for the positive and and allows that stuff to be just sold openly. Yeah. Well, Does that again, mean that other
3: states have similar liquor laws then, if they're uh, some do. carrying yeah. the 3.2? Yeah, absolutely. The Bible
1: Belt is really restrictive.
3: Yeah, there's product.
2: there's a lot of dry cities, a lot of dry counties. You can't even get a drink in a restaurant in a lot of places. So Utah is not so we're the, not the worst.
0: only weird ones. No, no. Um, so it just if I, if I, I pitch. Jack Daniel's, where it is produced, is a dry can. That is
3: actually yeah. true. That is <laughs> very is. true. You can can't have samples or anything at their tours. Yeah, it's so funny because
1: when I hear people talking about the liquor laws in Utah, do you know the 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 first or second thing that is always brought up inevitably when I'm talking about them to a non drinker? We're not the worst. Yeah. Like, when is that ever a valid argument for like, no, this is awesome, and why is it awesome? Because well, it's not the worst. You raped what? a small child. Yeah, but I didn't do ten small
2: children, so I'm not the worst. I didn't rape and kill a small child. I
1: mean, Okay, you're still
2: a scumbag. I agree. But, uh, you know, by the same token... I, and by the way, that's a horrible be. metaphor. It was we, horrible. <laughs> well,
1: your daughter...
2: As a pod administrator, I have to say your so. Your
1: daughter would beat you if you... <laughs>
2: She heard that. I'm just saying it's it's an extreme, but it's true. It's you know.
1: No, it's it's a perfect metaphor, but it's an awful metaphor.
2: Yeah, I probably should not say these things anymore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's okay. So, someone I, someone who will relate. I out think
2: there. we're all going to stop saying things as we wrap up today. You can catch us uh, at uh, the new Utah podcast <laughs> No, our no,
1: we are making stuff
2: up now. <laughs> uh, at uh, the New Utah Podcast on Facebook and uh, TNU Podcast on Twitter. Um, if you like the show, uh, share, it. share it. Yeah, share it. Uh, you can start there. You can like it on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, but really, share it. Let people know about us. Um, we're going to keep doing this until we decide
1: we're sick of talking about these things <laughs> to no one. Or they shut us down. Quite honestly, we're doing this for us. Yeah. So I don't know that we're ever going to stop that because I love the people I podcast with and the things we talk about are so interesting to me that I don't know if anyone else ever listens to it, but I am our number one fan, and But I, I'm okay with that. I do think it's
2: time to get some tacos and for you guys to get the fuck out of my house.
1: I agree with both
0: of those. Josh, things. say goodnight. night. Josh. I
1: think I lost myself in your new religion Say I pray for me like a superstition We were always made for love We could always speak in tongues On my knees and I'm seeing visions Yeah, you remind me